This is a free download from Delancey Elim Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elim Church building at Le Banks St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. John 15, uh, I want to just really, it's a well-known passage, but I want to share really, I think this is the secret, there is such a, a word, but the, it's the key to Christian living, it's so simple, and I kind of think if we get it, it would just, just change us, it's the key to Christian living, and right here in this passage, Jesus gives us the key of how you can be an effective Christian, <laughs> John 15, verse 1 to 8, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he proves that he might bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken. Abide in me, I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do how much? You know what that means in the Greek? Nothing. <laughs> if, anyone doesn't, if anyone doesn't abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. He is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. I just love it. Often you'll find that Jesus often used kind of parable language, if I use that term. Uh, I think it's often, the problem often with all of us kind of, we're tied to natural thinking. We're just so tied to the way we think naturally. Uh, and you know, spiritual things cannot be perceived by, by, our, by our natural senses. Our five senses cannot perceive spiritual things. And so often Jesus used things that were very Kind of, kind of common, if you like, to reveal spiritual truths. Bible says we don't walk, we don't walk by, we walk by faith, not by. So every time you walk by your natural senses, your sight, by what you see, what you feel, that actually means you can't perceive spiritual things. So often Jesus used what would be termed as common things, which we can see to reveal spiritual truths that we cannot see. I mean, you can see that. That makes sense. Uh, and, and so often that, and here's an incredible picture that we can see that re- reveals to us spiritual truths that we cannot see. And it's as simple as this. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And really the key to, to it all is verse one. Just, sim- just this one phrase, it's just so simple and yet we kind of lose it. It says, if you abide in me. And really the key is simply learning to abide in the vine. We're not kind of just on the vine and kind of get there when we get desperate. 
But what he's talking about is a lifestyle. Abiding in the vine. He's the vine. What are we? We're the branches. So what we've got to learn to do is to be, I know it's simple, but learn to be a branch. You would just say to the person next to you, I'm a branch. Because <laughs> that's really, in a sense, all we're, we're branches. He's the vine. We're the what? Branches. So all we have to learn to do is to abide in the vine. Because in him is the life source. It's, it's, it's like the sap goes from the vine into the branches. And so all we need to do is learn to be a vine because as long as we keep connected to the vine, then the life force of Jesus flows through us. The more we're connected to him, the more his love, his power, his life flows to us. So all we're called to do, we haven't got to strive or struggle, all we need to be is to be what? Branches. And as long as I abide, as long as I'm a branch then the life power, the life force, the love, all that's in Jesus flows to me. Isn't that wonderful? If you abide in me. And as I abide, the life of Jesus flows continually to me. See, Jesus really ultimately is all that we need. How many believe that? He's all that you need. That right, he's all that you need. So, in him all the fullness of God dwells. Is that right? So if in him all the fullness of God dwells, if I connect with him, then all the fullness is in Jesus. What does it do? It flows to me. So all that I need is the result of me abiding with Jesus. Isn't this simple? How many realize this isn't brain science? Is that right? It's simple. Just be a branch. Just keep connected. And the life force, the resurrected life of Jesus flows into you. And all that he is, you become. I just love that verse in 1 John. You know it says, as he is, so are we in this world. So as he is, as his life flows to me, then as he is, so I become what he is. All I've got to learn to do is what? Abide. And really the word abide simply means to maintain communion. It actually means to cling to. I I love that picture, clinging. Ever been there? I'm I'm, I'm clinging. Almost the greatest prayer you can pray is help. You know, I'm I'm clinging. I'm not letting go. I'm clinging to the life of Jesus because as I cling to the life of Jesus, as I'm a branch, it flows towards me. And abide means to maintain communion. In other words, it doesn't really, we don't, we don't bear fruit by religious activity. We don't bear fruit by self-effort. We don't bear fruit by just knowledge alone. We bear fruit by abiding in Jesus. It also means to, to, to rest. Isn't it true that so many people are struggling, they're striving? How many have ever seen an apple kind of, I've got to, I've got to grow. You don't see an apple kind of struggling to grow, is that right? All it does, it abides in the branch. And as it abides in the branch, the natural result of abiding in the branch is it grows. Best fruit. 
And so we're not kind of struggling or striving, trying to make something happen. All we need to do is to maintain our connection with Jesus. That's all we have to do. Be a branch. Abide in him. Continue in communion with him. As a result of that, you will bear fruit. Staying connected to Jesus. And as I stay connected to Jesus, his ability becomes my ability. His love becomes my love. His joy becomes my joy. His peace becomes my peace. His strength becomes my, my strength. All I've got to do is be a branch and stay connected to Jesus. Just stay. Because when you think about it, all this is really simply about, and how, how complicated we make things, it's simply all about maintaining relationship with Jesus. And relationship always must lead to communion. Just communion with Jesus. I think there can be stuff in our lives that are a result of not abiding. When we're not abiding, we don't produce the stuff that we want to produce. When we're not abiding in Jesus, we're joyless. When we're not abiding in Jesus, we are powerless. When we're not abiding in Jesus, we are fruitless. It's all a result of not abiding with Jesus. It's often when we have our struggles and there's things that we're trying to deal with in life. And, and we, we have this thing, I'm turning over a new leaf. That is it from now on. I'm never going to do that again. And that's it. I'm not going to respond that way again. I'm not going to have that attitude again. I'm not going to do that again. And we grit our teeth and say, not again. And we, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. But before we know where we are, we're back. We've, we've messed up again. Isn't that right? Wave hand. I've messed up. I've messed up. I've failed again. Because victory is not found in you gritting your teeth and trying to turn over a new leaf. Victory is only found in this one phrase. Abiding in Jesus and him abiding in you. How do we abide in Jesus? What does it mean to abide? I think it means that we listen to his word. You'll find in that particular eight verses, there's a lot of, a, a lot, uh, Jesus says a lot about the word. Obeying, abiding in my word, and obeying my word. So we listen, we spend time in his word. I think we meditate on his word. Often we, we read the word, but don't meditate on the word. And actually reading the word is not necessarily going to get down into your heart. I mean, you realize that. You could read 55 chapters of the Bible, but don't get it. It doesn't kind of connect with you at all. I'd encourage you even this week. Why don't you this week? Okay, it's a challenge. Homework. Meditate on these verses, John 15, 1 to 8. Just take a verse a day and think on it, meditate on it. Write down what God's saying to you. Just focus your attention on it and meditate on those verses, 1 to 8. And let that word go down into your heart. And begin to make it personalize it. Say, Lord, I'm abiding in you as you abide in me. And you begin to personalize it. You begin to ask, say, God, speak to me today through that scripture. And meditate. Give 10 or 15 minutes. What's 10 or 15 minutes? You know, you can depress yourself by watching the news with that time. Isn't that right? <laughs> but meditate and think on that scripture. Every time you're meditating, what are you doing? You're abiding. Because if you abide in his word, you're abiding in Jesus. Because Jesus is the word. Is that right? 
You're abiding in him, meditating on his word. You begin to worship, worship him, praising him. That's communion. You worship, you praise him. You're worshiping him. You know, one of the things the enemy wants to do, he wants to break the connection. He wants to distract you. So you're so busy doing this and that, you've got no time for Jesus. You've got no time for communion. You've got no time to abiding. You're distracted and you're not doing the essential thing you're called to do, which is going to give you the victory, which is going to cause you to manifest the life of Jesus, and that's to abide. And so the the role of the enemy is to try to disconnect you by causing you to be distracted because you're not spending any time abiding. Because that's where your victory is. Is that right? Abide in me and I abide in you. I like this thought. I love this kind of thing. I, I, I call it this way. It's practicing communion with Jesus. That you're talking to him moment by moment. You're in your car. By the way, don't close your eyes when you do this. <laughs> you know, you're in your car and you're just talking to Jesus. You're just communing with him. Throughout the day, you're communing and talking to Jesus. What are you doing? You're developing a connection. You're actually developing a consciousness of his presence. And here's the point. As you begin to practice communion, the result will be that you'll manifest that union. You're manifesting what you're communing with. Can you see that? What you commune with, you manifest. See, think about it. If you commune with your worries and your doubts and your fears, you manifest that. You manifest it through what you say. You manifest it through your thoughts. But when I'm communing with Jesus and having union with him, I manifest that through my conversation. I manifest that through my lifestyle and the things I say. Abide in me and I with you. I've learned this. The secret to prayer is not something I do, but it's someone I'm in constant contact with. That's how some people think prayer. They think prayer is like a certain moment they do. But real true prayer is being constantly connected with Jesus moment by moment. What did Paul say? He says, pray without what? Ceasing. So it's a continual daily communion. How many things is wonderful? This is wonderful. This is where it's at. Abide with me. Now look at this, the result of that. He says, the result of you abiding with me is that you will bear fruit. How do you realize the purpose of what God's got for your life and my life is to bear fruit. That's the goal of it. That's the purpose of it. He says, the Bible says, a tree is known by its fruit. Now, I know some of you might be experts at trees. I'm not. But I know, what, how, I know an apple tree because it bears what? Apples. I know a pear tree because it bears apples. I know this is too deep for some of us, but that's the way it is. And I found this that and if you, if you were to remove apples from a tree, I wouldn't know where a tree was. It kind of maybe looked a bit like an apple. Is it possibly an apple tree? I, don't, I mean, I couldn't tell what it looked like just by the way that tree is. How many kind of, I mean, some of you might know that, but I don't kind of thing. But, and, and Jesus actually, the way I know, the way people know us really is by our fruit. It's not by our abilities. It's not necessarily by our giftings. It's not by our personality. It says, you'll be known by your fruit. So I think as a church, as individuals, we need to be diligent about being fruitful. In fact, one of the words 
of the word fruit means to be plucked. I love it. It means to be plucked. It means to be plucked. It actually means the, what's in, what is within you invisibly becomes visible. That's what it means. So what God does in you produces certain things outside of you. He does a work in you to produce something outside of you. So he's working in you. Why is he working in you? So that you will produce much, much fruit. See, that fruit that we should be producing is a result of what God is doing inside of us. People know and they look at your life and say, you know what? I know there's something going on inside because of what you produce in your life. Fruit. I've seen you go through that trouble. I've seen you go through those problems. But I see the peace you have. I see that peace in your heart. I see that peace you've got. Even though I know you've been going through some stuff. And I see that peace. I see the fruit you're manifesting in your life. That means there's something going on inside. Is that right? I see, the, I see that you're one of the most kindest people I know. You're one of the most generous people I know. You're always generous. You're always wanting to help people and bless people. You're always wanting to, to encourage people. What's that? It's what's going on inwardly. It's manifesting outwardly. How come you always seem to be joyful? They're saying this, you know, I spent most of my life miserable, depressed. I'm, it's been a bad week, you know. But the Euro, come out of Euro. England got knocked out of the European Cup. It's been a bad week. <laughs> Except for you're Welsh. <laughs> if you're Welsh, you're a happy person. But, you know, I'm, I'm just joking. But, you know what I'm saying? The, the, but how come that, even though you, all that has happened, you're still so happy, you're still so joyful? And this is the key, that, that what's working inwardly becomes so visible to people, they see the fruit. And here's the point. You don't bear fruit for yourself. You bear fruit for others. In other words, it's not a self-help program we need. Or ten ways to bear fruit. All we've got to do, what we've got to do? Abide. Be connected to Jesus. And if you will stay connected, you will bear fruit. The only purpose of a branch is to bear fruit. Oh, it's useless, is that right? If a branch doesn't bear fruit, then it's not fulfilling the purpose it was called to do. And we begin to, to reveal, we bear fruit. I think love, isn't that awesome? How many think love is just an amazing fruit that you bear? And as you walk in love, you manifest that love, you demonstrate that love, people are going to be affected, people are going to be touched because of the fruit that you bear. Just that one simple thing. If we would make almost a, a, a quality decision... I'm going to let the love of Jesus flow out of me. I'm going to see people the way Jesus sees people. I want to be to people as Jesus is to people. I want to love people the way Jesus loves people. If you just make that quality decision, you know what? I think it changed everything around you. How many realize now in our love-starved world, people are just yearning to feel loved? How many would feel that? They're just yearning to feel love. And as you begin to manifest that fruit of love through abiding with you. See, how can you abide with the God who is love and not show love? It's, I mean, it's, it's, a contrary, it's contrary in terms of that, right? So I manifest his love. And as I manifest his love, 
people are touched, people are moved, their lives are changed. Because, because the purpose of a branch is to bear fruit. You know another way we bear fruit? I think you often, it affects the way you, you, you talk. And, you know, when the love of Jesus is flowing in your heart, instead of pulling everybody down all the time, you just want to speak sweet things. <laughs> you want to speak loving things. You want to speak encouraging things. Because it's the love of Jesus that's just flowed in you. Just changes everything about you. Your whole concept. And it all comes through abiding with him. You're just so flooded. I think it also the result of, of, of abiding with Jesus is the fruit of holiness. The fruit of holiness. You, 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 the, the Bible says that, that we are to overcome besetting sins. Things we're struggling with. Attitudes that we really battle with. All you've got to do is get so flooded with the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus begins to drive out all that is impure. It just drives it out. Because you're filled with what is called the, the what? Holy Spirit. And so when the Holy Spirit floods you, it drives out what is not kind of holy. It's the love, it's the love, it's the power, it's the purity of Jesus flooded, flooding in you that just dries out all oh, that is impure. Isn't that wonderful? I think the fruit also means winning souls for Jesus. Winning souls for Jesus. Proverbs 11.30 says that he who wins souls is wise. I think we're talking at the men's prayer meeting, it kind of struck me that on, on the men's prayer meeting on Saturday morning, how the you think about a fruit is a result of seed, is that right? If you have no seed, you have no fruit. And so we're actually thinking often, and I just felt this very strongly again this morning, that, that God, that every seed you sow is never wasted. In California, when we're in California, there's a, there's a, it's called the valley, I think it's called Death Valley. And the reason why it's called Death Valley is because it never rains. They've what they call a thousand-year flood, and it rains probably very, very rarely. And here's the incredible thing. The found in that valley, seeds have been there hundreds of years. Hundreds of years, seeds have been in this valley. It's never rained. But when that rain comes down, seed that's laid there for hundreds of years suddenly bursts forth. Wow. As the rain comes. What was a desert suddenly becomes this amazing garden. And I was thinking... That you are sowing seeds. Maybe you've been praying for people for years and you've wept tears over them and you've shared with people, you've talked with people about him and you've, just, you've sown just so many seeds. And God just says, look, no seeds wasted. No seed you've ever sown is wasted because it's going to come a day, it's going to come a moment when the rain's going to come down. And all that seed you've been sowing is about to burst forth people that you've been sharing with and didn't seem to be much response. I remember years and years ago we've been sharing with them. I never got anywhere with them. I met them years later and they come to Christ. Years later. I never thought I'd got anywhere. thought absolutely waste of time. But actually something was sown in their hearts. You think about it. Every one of us here this morning is a result at some point that someone sowed a seed. Is that right? All different seeds were sown. Until the came a point when the heavenly rain came and what was sown burst forth. And I felt God saying to you, listen, no seed's wasted. Your seed's not wasted. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. Keep sowing. 
For what you sow, you shall reap. So here's the point. We're called to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Caused to bear the fruit of, 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 of both of, 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 of holiness, the fruit of soul within. Why then does that sometimes not happen? Because if the life is there, what's the problem? Often here's the problem to see. Often there can be blockages in the way. There can be blockages that stop the life of Jesus from flowing to us. We're the branch, he's the vine, that can blockages that can stop that happening. It could be unconfessed sin. It's a blockage. Unbelief. It's a blockage. And you would see unbelief is a, a blockage for God working in our life. Here's the one. Independence is a blockage. What did Jesus say? Without me, you can do. So every time you try and do things without him, then it's a blockage. Self-sufficiency is a blockage. He says, without me, you can't do anything. Now, I know there's certain things we can do. We can drive our cars or whatever things. But I'll tell you one thing you can't do without Jesus, and that's bear fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. But here's the glorious truth. With him, we can do everything. I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. So without him, I can do nothing, but with him, I can do everything. I think there can be emotional blockages. Guilt, condemnation, shame, rejection. It's a blockage. If you're full of guilt, if you're full of shame, if you're full of condemnation, it becomes a blockage to the life of Jesus flowing. A distorted view of God blocks him from doing things in our life. All we've got to do is not let anything disconnect us from Jesus. The moment I mess up, the moment I fail, I deal with it. I put it under the blood. I refuse to, my, I refuse to let any guilt and any condemnation to get there. Because it's going to break my connection, is that right? I'm going to keep my heart and mind set on who God is. I'm not going to allow the distorted lies of the enemy to block the connection. My only goal really is to keep the connections going and flowing. Because as long as I keep the connection flowing, then the life of Jesus will flow through me. You can say amen. Now look at this next one in verse 2. Here's the not so good news. Let's <laughs> thought about this verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear fruit. More fruit. Actually, in the... Let me just read it. I'm going to read it through. I remember sharing about this Passion Bible. I may have heard this, this Passion Translation. I just want to read this through this Passion Translation, this verse of this Passion Translation. I love this, what it says here in verse 2 of this Passion Translation. Get a hold of this. It says, He cares for the branches connected to me. By lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a great harvest. Isn't that awesome? Now, there's the picture. I want you to see what happens is. But when you want, when you want to bear the more fruit, if you like, you want the grape to grow, often when it's not bearing fruit, you know what it does? They kind of lift it up. Because when they lift it up, it gives it the ability to bear fruit. 
I just love this thought that Jesus often will lift us up and he'll prop us up. He'll prop you up. And then there will come a point when there's certain things in your life he begins to kick away. How many have ever experienced? Because he doesn't want you to rely and trust anything but him. And so there comes a moment when he begins to cut away things from our life. He cuts away things that are hindering his work in us. Things that are stopping his life growing through us. He begins to cut away the hindrances. He begins to cut away things in us. Why? So that we may bear fruit. How many of you have ever had this pruning experience? Where Jesus begins to come and the Father begins to cut things away because he cuts the dead wood away. Because dead wood can cause disease. Dead wood can stop the fruit growing. And so he cuts away the things that hinder, things that are damaging our walk with him, things that are taken away our affections for him. He begins to come and he begins to cut those things away. The good news this morning is the husbandsman, the gardener, and the Greek actually is the farmer. He only does, he's skillful. He knows how to cut. These vine dressers were experts at cutting. They knew where to cut. They knew when to cut and how to cut. I think many, I think probably it's about 20 years ago now, probably, that's how long ago it was. I had a tumour. How many people knew? I had a tumour on my saliva gland. Now that is a very awkward place because there's so many nerves there. And if, if he'd not been a skilled surgeon, my face could have been paralysed. But he was so skillful, and I'm so glad, <laughs> he knew what to cut away. <laughs> And what not to cut away. And that's like the Father in heaven. He knows exactly what to cut away. When to cut it. When to do it. So that you bear much fruit. And there's something even more staggering really. Because a good vine dresser doesn't just cut away the dead wood. So I'll tell you something staggering. He cuts away the good stuff as well. <laughs> He, cuts, he actually would take, he will cut away a cluster of grapes. So, he will bear even more fruit. Many years ago, uh, when we were in Macclesfield, we had, we had a tree in the garden. I love that tree, apple tree, I loved it. And it was just kind of, kind of overgrown, so we asked someone to come in and, and to cut it. And when they cut it, horror. It just seemed like branches, it just everything had gone. I'm thinking, that is it. He's, he's, he's killed the tree, he's killed it. One year later, we had such an abundance of fruit. Because in order to grow, it had to be cut away. And I think there's things in us that, that God will allow sometimes disappointments. He'll allow certain things to kind of hit our lives. And it all for the process of cutting things away from us. Because the end result is that we bear much fruit. Have you ever found sometimes the good can be the enemy of the best? <laughs> And sometimes God will cut away things that even seem, seem to be going well in our lives. How many of you ever had that happen? And think, I'm going, this is awesome. This is absolutely fantastic. And boom, here come the pruners. Cut away. Something I thought was good. Something I thought was amazing. And sometimes God will prune, cut away things. Because the end result is this. That you will bear, what? Much fruit. He's so good. He's so amazing. I remember years ago, uh, there's a man called John Lancaster, and I was going through a pretty hard time, a pretty difficult time, and I remember him saying to me, John, I've got a verse for you. 
And he says this, he says, you will be like a polished arrow. And I, I, was, I, was, I was wanting some amazing director word. And all he said to me, God said to me, you're a polished arrow. That's what he said. And he, he said, I think, I think it's Isaiah 49 too. He says, you're going to be a polished arrow. And what that meant was this. That what he talks about, he talks about these arrows that are hidden away and they're being polished. They're being sharpened. And I realized that during that period of such difficult times in our life, that we were being sharpened. We were being polished. Father was cutting away things in us so that we could be sharper in our walk and our effectiveness for him. And that's what he comes. He comes to drift. He comes to cut away. Let me kind of land this. I'm trying to land it. Okay, but let me land this. Go down to, I want you to see some of the results of it. Very quickly, look at the results. Verse 7, these are the results of abiding with Jesus and, and him pruning your life, him removing things from you. Let me just say this. I don't want this in my heart, but let me just, maybe I'll land it here. So much let me just land it here. Do you think about this? That when God prunes things, when he cuts away things from you, he cuts it away at the root. Because sometimes we see a reaction to something in life, but that is not necessary the root. Because often the way you react to something is not necessarily what the root is. How many realise there's an issue behind the issue? Does that make sense? That what we think is the issue actually is not the issue. It's not the root. And here's the problem. Unless we deal with the root, then we never deal with the fruit because it's the root that produces the fruit. Everybody's still there? You're still there? Madeline's still there? Okay, I'm all there. What am I saying? Is that you may struggle with bitterness right now in your heart. You may just feel bitter and angry. Just feel angry all the time. Just feel angry with things. Now that is fruit. Maybe the root is the fact there's people that you've never really forgiven. And that fruit, that root in your heart is producing the fruit that you don't want it to produce. Maybe right now you, you struggle with the fruit and you're in, you feel insecure. There's a fruit of insecurity. You just feel so insecure. All the time you're struggling with insecurity. Maybe the, that's not, that, that might be the fruit, but maybe the root is unbelief in your heart or some distorted view of God. And that distorted view of God is a root inside you. And that root is producing fruit that you don't want to produce. John the Baptist said this, that even now the axe is laid to the root. And he's going to cut away everything that my father didn't plant. Listen today. Father didn't put that fear inside you. Because he never gave you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. So his fear, how many know that didn't come from the Father? He didn't put that in me. He didn't put that bitterness inside me. He didn't put that, he didn't, he didn't put that insecurity there. So this stuff there, when you say, Lord, what is the root of that? Why do I react that way? Why do I respond that way? Why do I feel this way about things, about life, about who I am? What's that? And you just say, Father, just take your axe and put it to the root and cut away everything in my life that you've not intended to be there. You've intended me to bear much fruit. You've intended me 
You've, in, you've intended for me to, be, to, to win people for you. You've intended for me to do amazing things for your glory. And I close with this. So much more I could say. But Jesus says there's amazing results of bearing fruit and abiding with me. Number one, and I like this particularly, prayer answered. You ask anything in my name, it's going to be different. You have answered prayer. Isn't that awesome? You know why you get answered prayer? Because you're connected to the vine and his desires become your desires. His will becomes your will because you're connected to him. He says when you do that, when you bear much fruit, it glorifies the Father. How many want to glorify God? That's the whole purpose of everything, isn't it? Really, it's not about us. It's about glorifying Jesus. How is he glorified? When you bear much fruit. That's how he's glorified. We can often think that things are about us. You know. Ever thought about this worship really ultimately is not about us? I thought it was about Jesus. How many thought that? Because it's about glorifying him. So he says this. Number one, that you have prayers answered. Number two, I'm gl- the fathers are glorified. Number three, you have exceedingly much joy. I think when we're not connected with Jesus, we feel dissatisfied. We feel empty. There's something in us. We feel disturbed inside us. There's something somewhere is not right. And we lose our joy. But the result of abiding with Jesus is double joy. Exceeding joy. Because it comes out of your connection with Jesus. And the the fourth one is this. I I was going to focus a bit more on this, but I haven't got time to... You abide in his love. I love it. You abide in the love of Jesus. His love saturates you. You're living in love. You're filled with his love. You receive his love to give his love away. Is that right? Everything in the kingdom is about what you get, you give away. So you're letting his love just saturate your heart. And as you're connected, you begin to live a life of love. His love flows from you. In fact, let me just read this verse to you as I close. I love this. This blows my mind when I think about it. Verse 9. As the Father loves me. Think about how the Father loves Jesus. Now that's amazing in itself. As the Father loves me, this is what he says, I also have loved you. Wow. With the same intensity that the Father loves, Jesus loves you. So abide, remain, maintain. Ultimately speaking, I think there's many things that we can, we can we, you know, we get new truths and then we go on to the next truth and go on to the next, oh, this is a great truth and I'll go on to this one. And we go on to different truths. But this is one truth you can never, ever forget. You can never move on to abiding in the love of Jesus. You don't move on from that. You don't graduate from that. You don't go on to the next thing from that. This is something you live in. This is something you remain in. This is something you maintain day by day, moment by moment, life by life. You remain in his love. Abide in his love. Let's come before him right now. Would you just stand with me in these moments? And Oh, hallelujah. Just say today, I'm the branch. You have to wake up in the morning, look at the, look at the mirror and say, I'm a branch. I'm a branch. But I'm connected to the most incredible vine that can ever be. I'm connected to Jesus. I'm abiding in him. 
And I'm going to face today, and whatever today brings, abiding in Jesus, living in his love, living in his presence, day by day, moment by moment, abiding with him. And I'm just wondering this morning, are there things in your heart that have disconnected you from Jesus? Have you got answers prayer? Have you got exceeding joy? Do you live with a conscious awareness of his love for you? Or do you feel there's a disconnection? Somewhere along the line you've got disconnected. And his life isn't flown to you because there's a disconnection somewhere. And the Lord's word to this morning is this. Get connected. Remove that which has disconnected you and get connected back to Jesus. Don't allow anything to distract you. Whatever has caused the disconnection, just get it out of your life and abide in him so he can abide with you. And it's the most amazing life you can ever live. It's the greatest place to live, abiding in Jesus. Dwelling moment by moment, living in his life, moment by moment, second by second. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is there. You're connected to him. Lord Jesus, we just want to give you the praise in these moments. And we'll always say today, we recognize that we're just branches, but we're connected to the most amazing person in the universe. The one that's so good. The one that's so merciful. The one that's so loving. The one that's so good. And Lord, we just abide in you today, Lord. And we want to live moment by moment, day by day in your presence. We want to be connected to you. We want to be the branches that, that bear all the fruit that you've you purposed us to fulfill, Lord. Thank you today. That we are just so amazed today that we are connected to the maker of heaven and earth, the one that's created the whole universe, the one that's, that gave himself for us, who loves us more than anyone can ever love us. So today, Lord, we abide in you, and we want your word to abide in us right now. Jesus, we ask you in your mighty name. Just right now, say, Lord, today, I'm making, a, I'm making a decision this week. I'm going to spend, I'm going to connect to you this week. I'm going to abide in you this week. I'm going to maintain my walk with you this week. I'm going to, I'm going to fellowship with you, commune with you, Lord. Without you, I can't do anything. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening. To this, we download from Lancelot Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our 